this is Hi. Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast. <laughs> and, and our two guests have been on this podcast 300 times between them. And they need no introduction. No. But we're going to go... <laughs> Sorry. We're going to go ahead and give them introductions anyway. Hey, what's the worst thing about fucking a horse in the ass? What? When it's his turn. (laughs) Uh, Now we really need no introduction. (laughs) That's a dad joke. That's what people say to me when I make a joke on Twitter. I get all these young people go, nice dad joke. Stop it. Stop it, Billy. Oh. I get that all the time. I'm, I'm, Do you really? That want, like, dad a, joke. I could thing. be their grandfather. I have every right to take it and do a dad joke. I could be my grandfather joke. They just want to push you around, but but you guys are the two comedic minds that I I just I feel so great being around. And um, help me write a joke. Two, two dad <laughs> jokes walk into a bar. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You want to hear your intros? Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, Quick. yeah. I'm Quick. sorry about That's that. That's okay. Um. <laughs> it's Jackie's fault. <laughs> Jackie Martling <laughs> is a writer, author, occasional actor. Who he he was in The Watcher with me. Yes. Oh. Classic. Oh. Yes. That was. <laughs> That was ignored by Nobody the watched. Academy. <laughs> yeah. Ironically. <laughs> and one of the most recognized and popular comedians of his generation is 2017 memoir, The Joke Man Bound to Stern, is available on Amazon, Kindle, and everywhere books are sold. And a new documentary called Joke Man will premiere in the fall of 2019. He's also a personal friend of Willie Nelson's. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't put that in there, Frank. (laughs) And and has been known to take off his pants in public. (laughs) That I might have put in. (laughs) Billy West is a musician, comedian, actor, award-winning voice artist who's provided voices of hundreds of popular characters, including Ren and Stimpy, Bugs Bunny, Popeye, Elmer Fudd, Futurama's Professor Fawnsworth, and Dr. Zoidberg, and other roles too numerous to mention. As a musician, he's played and toured with legends such as... uh, Brian Wilson and Roy Orbison. His new animated Netflix series is the Matt Groening. Or or Groening. Matt Groening. Whatever. uh, Disenchantment. He also knows more about Larry Fine and Gold Freeze than anyone in their right mind should know. Please welcome to the podcast two of the funniest sons of bitches walking on the planet, Jackie Martlin and Billy West. Wow, thank you very Hi. much. Thank what a drum roll. Thank yeah, you. Hi, boys. 
So Hi, Jesus Frank. is on the cross, and one of the okay. Jesus on the cross, one disciples. <laughs> Jesus takes on the a cross. So Jesus is on the cross, and <laughs> and frees one of his hands. Frees and Jesus' hand hands. goes down, and he jacks off all over the other disciples. He jacks like, off Jesus, all over the other disciples. I can't believe that you got your hand free. And the first thing you do is jack off. He says, "Well, to tell you the truth, I put my hand down there to cover myself, and I forgot about the fucking hole." <laughs> <laughs> are you going to do that for now, are you little cocksucker? You have no, my on. permission. <laughs> that, that might be one of the best things I ever did. I, I'm sorry that, that it had to be from you. but How many different Jackie laughs did you have, Bill, in the repertoire? I don't know. I was imitating the ones they had, like, <laughs> at the ready. Oh, do them there all was... in a row. Give us to medley. <laughs> there's, like, there's one where... Like if you see a clown with blood on his costume and you look at him and, and Jackie had this laugh that would say, oh, my God, like. <laughs> <laughs> it was so sinister. Sinister <laughs> <laughs> Sadie. Oh, is that what you're going to do? <laughs> Fred was responsible for all of it. Fred and Norris, I got Fred the blame Norris. and I got the credit. He recorded every one of them, took, isolated every laugh, and he played at every horrible place. And people bet, say, that's the funniest thing you do. And I'm like, I can't take credit for it, but I can't take the blame either. I bet, was never doing that. This used to happen to me a lot. Still does. Where, like, yeah. they'll announce a tragic situation on the Stern Show, and they'll play my laugh. When you, yeah. <laughs> And I would, and it would be a show I wasn't even listening to. And I'll look on my Twitter, and it's a million Twitters going, well, maybe you think a baby falling out of a window is right. funny, but oh. I assure you I do not. <laughs> a, an ex fan. <laughs> Fucking Fred is brilliant. You know, I used, he used to go, ooh, ooh. And one day I said, what the hell's that? And he says, that's you. I said, you're crazy. And then one day I was listening back to his show and I heard myself between jokes. So it was like a break and I went, <laughs> I'm like, whoa. And I came in like an idiot and said, Fred, I can't believe you're right. Here, listen to it. And he went through the thing and took every, and the next day, <laughs> uh, oh, a, a Cub Scout got hit by a bus. <laughs> 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 Bill, Bill, didn't you say it was like a super villain's laugh? <laughs> 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 you guys remember meeting for the first time? Bill, was it? I know you did the Lucille Ball thing over the phone. Yes. The first That was you, like one of the first things I ever did. Yeah. Well, the day before, I told Howard, I said, hey, Howard, I think that Lucy is not long for this world, you know. And we all loved her. I mean, but, but you, you know, we were a little dark. And, uh, yeah, enough to make Kay Gardella scream in her column the next day. Kay I Gardella. never heard of such a thing. <laughs> she was all mad. You see her in her teacher's, you know, dress or dowager's hump and, you know, yelling it just like, Lucille Ball was a beautiful person, and <laughs> and I'm sitting on the phone going, oh, why don't you get away from me? <laughs> what is with the orderlies? They're all, where do they, Haiti. They come from Haiti. <laughs> uh. It really sounded, when he called, it really sounded on any phrase she could drop dead. It really did. We were going wild. My favorite, was Bill, hacking. was here's a card from Tom Bosley. Oh, <laughs> uh. 
You know, these are the things that keep you going. You know? <laughs> Stop them. <laughs> Who's that from? Uh, George, what did I, what did I say? The guy with the lonesome George. With the George oh, Goble. George Goble. Yeah. yeah. Here's one from George Goble. Uh, <laughs> hey, Lucy, you ever get it on with George Goble? Oh, that crew cut. Oh. <laughs> That's all I saw was the top of it when I looked down. <laughs> uh. Gilbert, you were in studio that day. He was. Yes. yes. I heard it on I YouTube was- yesterday. I was just like, he, Gilbert was really screaming, and, and I just thought, here's a man after my own heart. This is so goddamn dark, you know, after everything <laughs> she achieved. <laughs> Miss, Miss Grant takes Richmond, you know. And, uh, that's what gave me all my respect for her. You said, at but, one point, uh, you said, here I am with one foot in the twilight zone and one on a banana peel. One more unfunny joke. So good. Gilbert, you asked if uh, if she'd had an affair with George Goble. You sounded very young Jeez. on this recording. Oh, yeah. that's scary. You were lobbing shit in there. <laughs> what was it, 32 years, years ago? 33 years ago? Yeah. Yeah, but who's counting? Wow. No. That's scary. It is scary. Yeah. I just hope I go quietly in my sleep tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. Do you know what I found out? The reason I'm so messed up is because I have autism. <laughs> I just found that out. You did? I had no idea. I could you have autism? A- Everybody has autism. It's like no, having this shoes. Is, this is why I care uh, so much about the periphery that I do. It's the only stuff that like translated to me and made sense. If you showed me how to tie my shoe, you could show me 100,000 times I still couldn't do it. But But if there was like, you know, Joe Besser running around in his pajamas and Mo trying to pull his tooth out. I'll never forget every scintilla <laughs> of that. <laughs> and as soon as I was sick of all of that stuff, I began just watching the corners of the picture on TV so I could have, like, more wood from that forest, you know, stooge forest. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Ew, you pulling out my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Come on down and we'll fix your tooth. Gil, had you heard that? That's buddy- why, Gilbert. Does that make sense? Why? Autism. Does autism make th- sense? He's saying. No, I. Uh, no, I that's that- why it's autism. Of course. Yeah. Not. Yeah. Well, why- there's stuff locked away. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I think all of us have it, and because it is like it's a sliding I'm, scale. I'm yeah. also, you know, if it's something I need to know about. I don't know uh-huh. how to do it, and I don't know how the information on important things. But, you know, if you ask me, like, who was the assistant cameraman? On the Vernon on- Dent story. Yes, yes. <laughs> that, that I could tell you. That he's good. <laughs> or or uh, how long was the original Earl Scheib commercial? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or Joe Franklin. What he, what was he selling? Martin Paint. Martin Paint. Paint. Yeah. Yeah, he used and to Hoff- sell Hoffman's beverages. Oh, yeah. and- you know at Martin Paint, it ain't just paint. And yeah. he used to sell new, new, nuco margarine. Did you ever meet him, what Jack? Are they- Joe Franklin? Are you kidding? Yeah, you knew him. I was sitting next to Joe Franklin when he went to a screening at the Directors Guild 
of the aristocrats. I was sitting next to him <laughs> oh, God. when Sarah Silverman came out and sat on the couch in the, in the movie and said, yeah, and I went over it because I thought maybe Joe Franklin could help me. And I walked in and, and I sat down and, you know, he sat down on the couch next to me and, and, and he raped me. Yeah. And the uh-huh. place went wild, uh-huh. and Joe freaked out. We're all like, "No, no, Joe! It's a comedy show, Joe. It's it's good for you. It's good for you." Oh my God, he was uh-huh. so pissed off because she said it so sincerely, like it had just oh, gone. Yeah, you know. yeah. Uh, he, Joe Franklin, piece of work. Me. He was great and fun. I I remember one time doing one of uh, Joe Franklin's shows, and he had this guy that worked with him who was, you know, he had a few mentally unbalanced. They people. were always the same. They were always the same <laughs> mental, in, mentally unstable. But it was always a different guy. Yes, like yes. He'd, he'd go back to the same group or something. Yeah. He'd, take, he'd check one out for the day. Or something. So he had this mentally unbalanced guy who's talking to us, making no sense. And when he walks off, Joe Franklin, with this evil smirk on his face, says, "Hey." That's an excuse for forced sterilization. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, the guy's working for 25 hours. Yeah. I, I have a really good friend who's, who's a real show business brat. His great-grandfather's Eddie Canner, and his grandfather was Jimmy McHugh, this guy, Lee Newman. And Joe Franklin was such a huge fan of Eddie Canner and such a huge fan of Jimmy McHugh. And Lee went on his show, and his name is Lee Newman. And Lee's sitting there, and he's kind of nervous, and Joe goes into this whole glorious introduction. This, here's a kid. I I just love this kid. I've known him since he was born. We go back so far. He's such a wonderful kid. Let's hear it for Lou Neiman. It was just so classic. Oh. Remember we had him on the podcast? Yes. He walked off. Yes. He made that, that, that dramatic entrance. It was so, I mean... Like he walked out mad? No, no, no. no. When he finished the show. And because he was like a foot tall. Yeah. And he walked off and immediately turned into a silhouette. He ambled down a long hallway and disappeared, like Chaplin disappearing into the iris. Okay, you know. It was great. I, I'd run into him on 8th Avenue and almost miss him because he's a full head. He was a full head shorter. Yes. And he's walking around by himself. He had whoppers. He's, he actually told me <laughs> that he told a whole bunch of us at dinner that. Somebody on his show started choking, and that and you could check up, and that a couple doors down they were having, they were getting ready to do the Nixon Kennedy debate, and he said Kennedy ran out, ran down to his show, and saved the guy's life, and went back to do the debate. <laughs> and everybody's like Joe, how the fuck dare you? you know, well, he oh told God. a story on the podcast. Of one time on one show, he had both James Dean and, and Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Yeah. And we worked it out mathematically. Al Pacino would have had to have been eight. Yeah. When, I, think it, uh, I think it was 14. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you ever meet him, Bill? Joe Franklin? Joe Franklin, um, I didn't, but I do have a Joe Franklin story. Um, <laughs> the Jay Giles Band from Boston. Yeah. Um, Eddie Gordatsky, who you know. Sure. Um was um, my pal in radio. We were in the trenches together like 33 years ago in Boston. And uh, anyway, the Jay Giles band is going on the Joe Franklin show. So they want to mess with him. So they just grab Eddie and bring him in as a worm expert. (laughs) And he's got worm charts and everything. And I hear him (laughs) bullshitting his way through this 
professorial. <laughs> I know, I know. The worm has ten hearts. Well, you know that's not true. <laughs> you know, he's, it's just so dry and so silly. And 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 uh, Joe Franklin was all into it, you know. And I love the Drew Friedman takes on Joe. Franklin. Oh yeah, that he got oh, sued. Yes. Drew is a, the coolest artist. He's my favorite artist. He, and he is. does like a pointillism that if you back off from it, it looks like realism. And and he had a picture of Joe Franklin sleepwalking through Times Square, oh, yeah. singing, She's the girlfriend of the whirling <laughs> dervish. <laughs> Joe Franklin is a dreamwalking. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Oh. One of the pieces he got sued for, I think. You know, everybody thought he was a gazillion years old because when he was doing an oldies show in the 50s, sure. everybody thought he was already 60, but he was only like 25 years old when yeah. he was doing it. He yeah. just looked old. And there's this old little hunk of a guy, and then you go to his place. That coat that he wore every day for 20 yes. years was bright red, but he was never on... He never made it to no college. <laughs> oh. I'm so sick. He offered Gilbert Joe. and I a sandwich from the drawer. Yes, <laughs> yes. What are you guys, hungry? Oh, God. And, oh. and Billy, I always ask you to say this one. It's what? different from the Joe Franklin. But you've, you've come from a very bigoted background. <laughs> All of your relatives. Oh, come on, lay off of me. <laughs> I, I wore my black T-shirt not like to remind you of that. Say, say the time when you were a little boy watching this. the Three Stooges and your and, mother walked in. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I, I lived for that stuff, as you well know. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm glued to the TV set and my mother comes in and she's like, how can you watch them? Duh. They're Jewish. You <laughs> <laughs> watch those horrible men. <laughs> I said, Ma, I stopped going to church because I found my saints. How does that grab you? <laughs> Saint Larry. You love that, Gil. Yes. You know what I learned? I didn't know this, and I should have known it, that Curly was sh accidentally shot in the foot by his uncle. He shot himself yeah, in the foot. Yeah, with a shotgun. Oh, he shot... Uh, yeah. Well, his uncle shot him or he shot himself? I... I Thought he shot himself. They shot each and other. They said that, I'm not know, sure which is worse. He always. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. And so he always had like a limp. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I had to coach um, Will Sasso, who played Curly in the Three Stooges movie. Oh, yeah. He was good. And I had him on Skype, and I said, you know, here's a weird thing, because I was trying to tell these guys everything that I knew, every piece of periphery. Um, and that Curly had a limp and he would run down the street and he would pivot because he couldn't keep going. It was just a little routine sort of to save his foot from more pain and then he'd have a second start. But uh, I said he shot, he got shot in the foot when he was like 13 and they, I don't think they had doctors back in 1915. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember any. Is that a true Yonkers. story? Is that a true story? Because that's the oldest thing. Oh, his career, he shot himself in the foot. It's yeah. an old expression. I, I, I read right? his uncle Babe shot him in the foot. <laughs> well, they called him Babe. That was his I got bad information. Yeah, now I remember they called Curly Babe. Yeah. What's so, the matter, Babe? Do you have another stroke? <laughs> <laughs> and, and he was the pussy hound out of the three, right? That, that's what's crazy. So, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what they called that? He Curly said that was the the 
chicken with its head cut off. Jesus. You know, it's sw- going round and round on the floor with no head. You know, that's to him, that's what it would sound like. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. And now I got to ask you for another old favorite of mine. <laughs> One time, I think you and your father were, <laughs> were watching oh, Lola Falana. On TV. Oh, oh, no. Find every painful memory yes, you can dig yes, out. Yes, yes, <laughs> No. I can't believe you retained this. Even, I can't even say that stuff because it's really, truly not my part of town. But you, I caught You couldn't say so- it back when you said it. <laughs> my, my dad my dad wanted to set a particular house on fire when certain people moved in <laughs> and he was sneaking around at night and the neighbor one neighbor lady on the porch you know sitting there watching him while he was slashing tires he wasn't a happy guy <laughs> you know and uh, you know I mean they would. he would say stupid shit and they all would you know, and it was like that in Boston. I'm sure every city was like, you know, uh, uh, you know, where'd they get that car? I wonder where they got that car. <laughs> Over there, that, that box of fudgicles. <laughs> you know, and it's the most ig- ignorant stuff, but it's so ignorant that it's, that it's laughable. And uh, I don't know. It's like humor. Talk about dad jokes and all that stuff. You don't know where to go, where to tread. And Tell what us to the say. Lola Falana story, please. I can't kill Please. It's, no, it's, don't do that to him. Don't make hideous. him do it. What he said. <laughs> hey, you know, let's go back because he said something and I didn't get to throw this in. Two Jews are on the Titanic, you know? <laughs> <laughs> No. <laughs> Two Jews are on the Titanic and it starts to sink and the first Jew starts to cry and the other guy says, what are you crying for? It's not your boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I suppose you think Jewish jokes are funny. Oh, I happen to be Jewish. Do you know what? I, I saw this woman, she had a store like a coffee shop and she doesn't understand today's kids and... She was bitching and carping, but I own a small coffee shop, and I said good morning to a young lady, and she used the fuck word at me. <laughs> the fuck word. <laughs> and said I, I triggered her. What nonsense. <laughs> what is cisgender? What is Antifa? I told her the world has always been the same, and the newly empowered are always the world's biggest fascists. How am I supposed to understand them, act like them, spend all my time gaming and vaping and flash mobbing and sexting? Cripes, when I was a teenager, we played Ring Olivio. <laughs> Yahtzee. Mumbly Pig. Mumbly Pig. And we asked our parents Whoa. for a nickel to buy a pickle. Good old fangled fun. <laughs> I, I, I stuck her... Her unhappy little head into the coffee grinder and turned it on. <laughs> That's a stooge move. But I mean, trying to figure out what you can say and what you can't say is bedeviling. Oh, it's to tough times. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it came on so fast, it's not even like the rest of the culture caught up. You know, when a wave hits, we all sort of get it at once. But humor was always subjective, and now there's all these. Restraints and subjective nah, things. Nah, sex it. and poop. I've been stuck in the same hole for forty years. Are, you, are you getting that resistance, Jack? <laughs> no, like I don't listen anyway. The guy's seventy-five years old and lives with his mother. 
Do you get, it's his do you get more birthday. sex or more poop? It's his, mother, it's his mother's birthday, and he's got no money. He says, listen, Ma, I got no money for your birthday, so I figured I'd just fuck you. And she says, all right. So he starts fucking his mother, and all of a sudden, you smell something, and Jesus Christ. And he, and he gets off, and he looks, and there's diarrhea all over the bed and all over the floor. It's run, running everywhere. He says, Jesus Christ, Ma, what's going on? She says, well, I'm... I'm too old to have an orgasm, and I wanted to show you how much I was enjoying it. <laughs> oh, man. You know, and the thing is, is they'll no say one. No dad one. jokes. <laughs> nice one. Nice one. It must feel real good. Your parents must be real proud of you for telling jokes like that. <laughs> oh, you my vaporizer just from, ran uh, out of You know what? The people that come out to... That come to, to see, see me know what I'm doing. Sure. Or if some, if five people come and they bring somebody that doesn't know what's going to happen, they're overwritten. Like, who cares? It's so fucking harmless. What do you think of day? Seinfeld's decision that he doesn't want to play colleges anymore because oh, of the political yeah, correctness? Yeah, I, I can't get those bookings either. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, he had a good uh, line for it. He just said, oh, you know, it bothers me. No, yeah. they don't want you. You see, time keeps ticking into the future. <laughs> hey, I was on Comedians in Cars getting coffee. Yeah, you were. No. <laughs> but it's so funny because I'm in the credits of uh, Eddie Murphy and Jerry for that that uh, episode. And everybody's going nuts on Twitter. What the hell did you do? And now everybody's, oh, Jackie's picture must have been in the background and he sued him to get money or blah, blah, blah. Or, but, you know, oh, everybody's was the speculating. List. Yeah, yes. it was it, Billy. I had an MC list from 1979. And I was the MC, so I'm not on it. But on the list is Eddie Murphy, Gilbert Gottfried. Yep, misspelled. And and Jerry Seinfeld, all three spelled wrong, yep. which is which uh, classic. <laughs> and they didn't love, see this on Twitter? Someone <laughs> was telling and me. I'll tell you how good I'm doing in my life. So I got an email, are you ready for this, from hmm. Ron Jeremy's agent. <laughs> Who knew he had an agent <laughs> named Dante? And Dante emails me because I met him about six months ago. And he said, Jackie, I promised this person I would forward this to you. And it was an email that said, we came across this list and somebody told me it belongs to Jackie Martling. Do you know her? That's <laughs> a game over. Oh my, I didn't tell you about it. Funny. So the guy, the guy... <laughs> I contact the guy and I said, uh, "What's the deal?" He said, "Well, we want to use that 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 list that we found. Is that yours?" And I said, "Yeah, I just have saved. I save all kinds of crap. It was a little list that Hal Ennis handed me in 1979 because I was hosting the show. And my name's not on it. Just MC MC Bob Woods was on it, and he never Bob got to Woods. go on because he was so drunk. Hawthorne didn't get to go on because they knew he wasn't going to do well. <clears throat> the first guy on it was Rich Gagliardi, who is now Julia." <laughs> I always draw a blank. Julia Scotty, who is now a the first guy on the list, is oh, now a woman. Oh, he changed his sex. Such a great wow. guy. Wow. So the guy calls up, and I said, oh, make me an offer. So he, he says $600. So I, I emailed him back. He'd be very proud of me, Gilbert. I said, all right, let's review. Let's review. A billionaire comedian is being interviewed by another billionaire comedian on a billion-dollar network, and you want a priceless piece of comedy memorabilia in perpetuity worldwide forever and ever in every kind of media that we have now or may ever have, and you want to give me $600. 
what would you say? <laughs> and the, and the, guy, the guy wrote back, I just said what you just said. Let me see what I can do. And then he came back to me and said, well, they're going to go a little higher. They're going to give you $1,000. And my first thing was I was going to say, you know what? Tell Jerry the good news. He just saved a thousand dollars because. I, uh, and, I, and then I said, "Fuck it! It's too much fun. It's, it's too much." There's never fun. any money in Hollywood. No, right? I, I don't know. understand. It's yeah, like no everyone money. I ever talked to said, "Well, we'd like to get you involved. We'd like to get you on board and everything." But it's you know, it's like right now. It's a little no tight money. right now. A little there's tight. There's no right money. Now. Everybody you talk to. There's no money. Then what the hell are you hanging in Hollywood for? Well, you'd make more money in a sawmill town in Michigan. Hey, hey, <laughs> you know, the it's like nobody no- makes any money. I don't have any money. We broke. We didn't break even. There's there's so many stories like that, and this is the worst one I think I've ever heard. <clears throat> that the guys, the remaining members of of Queen, mm-hmm. haven't seen a penny from Bohemian Rhapsody, which grossed a billion dollars. Is that possible? Yes, of course. Is that sure? It is I, creative accounting. I I remember a writer. I forget what movie, but it was one of these like trillion dollar. No, it was the Eddie Murphy movie. It was the the, well, the no, writer from was, Washington D.C. Yeah, but this was some other movie. Buckwall. I remember. Art and and it was like bigger than Star Wars. All the Star Wars put together, and this guy said, "You know, they owe me money because uh, they made this much money." You could read about it. And and uh, one of the studio guys said on the news, well, this just teaches the public that a lot of times we exaggerate how much a movie made to get more interest for people to see the movie. And I thought. Oh, okay. I so believe- you're lying on both ends. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Gilbert and Jackie. Gilbert and Jackie, did you ever hear that story about Tom Hanks? You know, he got a script and he got called into some office and he said, I read the script. I really like it. And they said, well, what do you think? And he said, well, for money? And and they said, well, yeah, ballpark. Um, you know, he just said... Uh, I don't know. I just, you should take care of me, like, on the back end. And they were saying all kinds of stuff. And um, and he said, how about this? How about two weeks after the picture comes out, I want a good percentage of the figure you guys print in the paper. <laughs> that's great. Do you know what I mean? There's, a, like, there's a negotiation. That's great. He's, he's got everybody sitting there like ghosts. <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> what? <laughs> we will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing, colossal podcast. But first, a word from our sponsor. Bill, talk about a little bit about <clears throat> escaping as a kid, because I just heard a, a podcast you did with Joe Dante. Oh, which right. is very good. And oh, you is were, it? Yeah, you were talking about. I was mad at him. Why? Because because <laughs> I was <laughs> going to do Bugs Bunny. Imagine this is a full grown man sitting here saying this shit. I was going to do Bugs Bunny in um, uh, back in action. Okay. And Joe, he just was not into me. He didn't dig me. I didn't care about that, but they kept calling me back and they were like kid gloving me and everything. I said, you know, what am I, seven? You know, just tell me what's going on and everything. And so I mentioned it to him off the air and everything. He said, I don't know what that's about. I liked you. <laughs> Weird. I know, but that's that's everything. I heard you talking about your love of, of shock theater when you were a kid. Oh, that, that was something Detroit. that you escaped into. Yeah. Shock Because we, we had Zachary here. Night on Bald Mountain. Yeah. That was the theme. We, had, we didn't we didn't have a host. It was a skull. 
that would just come up on you as you watched. And there was no announcer. It just said things on the Chiron. And uh, they would go into a movie like The Curse of the Mummy or one of those old universal beauties. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I loved that stuff. And, and I forced myself to wake up at one in the morning because I knew everybody else would be asleep. And this was like, I lived for this. You know, and plus you had that desperation. I might have talked about this. When we were young, there was no way you could hold on to anything. Sure. You yes. can't have yeah. a record of television. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, you you get it when the game like good. The, that's it. And the coolest <clears throat> thing you ever saw in your life is going to be over in 35 seconds and you'd start going. You get The angst engulfs you. You know, I'll never see this again. I, it just, I it remember just tripped my trigger. When mm -hmm. I was a kid... I kept reading about one episode of uh, Route 66 mm. called Owlet's Wing and Lizard's Tail was the name of it. And it had Peter Lorre, Lon Chaney Jr., and Boris Karloff. And I would <laughs> check the TV guide every fucking day. <laughs> and the way. one day, the one fucking day I don't <laughs> check it I find out they had shown it oh. but you could, you had no way of knowing no you never no, no. knew no advance and, and said, I would have really liked to see old Boris Karloff you know is <clears throat> is Alright, so a guy comes home really drunk. Guy comes home really drunk and his wife is asleep on the couch under a blanket and he's so loaded so he gets undressed, climbs under the blanket and fucks her hard. And then he goes upstairs, he walks in the bathroom, and his his wife is sitting on the toilet. So what are you doing here? She says, What do you mean what am I doing? He says, I just fucked you on the couch. And she goes, Mother! She goes, run downstairs. Her mother's sitting there smoking a cigarette. She says, Ma! Harry just fucked you! She says, you know, I couldn't help but notice that. Ma, why didn't you say something? She says, I haven't spoken to that piece of shit in 20 years. I wouldn't have... <laughs> Oh, I laugh at these. I laugh. I let go. I have cosmic abandon when you start telling that stuff. You know what I wanted to ask you, Jackie? And maybe Gilbert. Oh, Jack. Did you ever try to get under anybody's skin at the Friars Club just for the hell of it? Like some guy's going to tell a joke, you know. And yeah, and, and be rude you to them, you mean? You Tourette out the punchline. Oh, yes, yes. So just, just to... Tumbler, you know, to mess, mess Sometimes things up. Sometimes I just get up and leave, and just when they start the joke, just like you know. Well, Gilbert has, of course, the infamous Shecky night at the Friars. Oh, oh but, I, but you didn't go into that night looking for trouble. You no, weren't trying to gaslight no, Shecky. I was, yeah, I was a Friars. You know thing. this story, yeah, I, and I still have my own theory about it. Yeah, Be because they said he ran out because he was so appalled by what you said, but. What I heard was he was supposed to go on next. Yes. And he was getting the fuck out of there because he knew he couldn't follow you. So he came up with, you know, a Donald Trumpian excuse to get the fuck out. Oh, that's too much for me. I'm out of here. Interesting. Who, nobody can follow you. That's, that's what a bunch of people told me. You, and you didn't sense that? that? Yeah. No, they, a bunch of people said that. They said it was <coughs> he, he obviously he was scared. He was scared to go on because he already has like stage fright. 
Right, right. And he was out for yeah. like years and years and years. You know, Rodney always said he was the funniest. He says, nobody yeah. funnier than fucking Shecky. Nobody funnier than Shecky. <laughs> and what he said was, but Shecky didn't have an image. Martin was drunk and Benny was cheap and I get no respect, but fucking Shecky always is fucking funny. So nobody could say anything. All they'd say is, oh, we saw this guy. He was funny, you know? You know, it's just yeah. that yeah. simple. Because he never got as big as he should have gotten. No, yeah. I followed that, you know, and even like Jan Murray was on that boat too, you know. Another I think funny he guy. spent too much time being successful because he had a game show. And, you know, Go- and if golden you don't handcuffs. stay in. Right. What's that? Golden handcuffs. He was making a lot of money. You know, why oh, would he yeah, fuck that? Yeah, yeah. And I think he just, he's another guy that was real, f- one of the funniest of his time, but just kind of fell out of it. Um, yeah, because when we're kids, if you see somebody's a game show host, you never can make the leap that they're no. a comedian. No, no, they're already locked into what they are. You know, Jan no, Murray doesn't funny. look seedy or needy, and he, you know, he's not like. <laughs> he was, yeah, he would he, just be Jan Murray, the host of Treasure Hunt or yeah, something. Treasure like that. Hunt, very that was neat. The one I was trying to think of. Yeah, now, Jackie, how did you? You were talking about Sandy Hackett. Did we have this conversation? I, yeah. I think I played around to golf with Sandy Hackett, and he told me the greatest story. And I hope it was him, but if it wasn't him, it was somebody who was the son of some comedian. But I'm pretty sure it was Sandy Hackett that said, at his bar mitzvah, Milton Berle said, "Sandy, come over here, son." And he walked him into the bathroom, and he said, "Close your eyes and put out your hand." You hear the story? And he thought he thought he was going to hand him a lot of cash, and he put his Big fucking cock in his hand. Sandy <laughs> <laughs> almost shit himself. <laughs> Do you never know, heard that story? <laughs> I don't know. He's holding out on us. <laughs> Jackie, Jackie, listen that. to this, Jackie. Yeah. Jackie, never I'm glad you sit at my table, Jackie. Listen to this. Listen. Did you ever hear the, the girl about the girl that had this sweet, sweet ass? Yeah, she got diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you Jackie, you, you stepped on my line. Oh, you putz, you schmedrick. Jesus. Do we, do we dare bring up the Jackie puppet for, for a couple of minutes? Um, sure. <laughs> sure. For my documentary, we have a guy know? that created that. Yeah. It's cold in here. I think I'll throw myself in the so fire yeah. and so get great. warm. Who's got the puppet? Do you have it? You know, it... I'm sure it's over there in Sternland sometime. Do you remember when it was missing? It was so fucking funny because they went to they went to satellite. Yeah, and all of a sudden it was missing, and somebody said, "Wait a minute, Jackie did a couple of shows for for Free FM over at K Rock at at uh, Sirius, and maybe he stole it or maybe he brought." But, but so the word is out that I stole the puppet, right? And of course I didn't. And I told him, all right, I admitted I did it. And I showed him a picture of me holding the puppet. But it was a, a blown up picture. You know, it was, it was on cardboard. <laughs> they were coming out with the fucking Stern 100 news van to get it. And I said, you assholes, of course I don't have it. <clears throat> I came up with this idea. I said, it was missing for weeks. And they're blaming me. I said, I got the idea. I told Steve. Steve, what's his name from 100 the engineer? News? No, oh, Steve. Jeez, uh, I don't know. You're not, cheesy Steve. I, I said, you know what you do? Get that fucking guy that we Lines have on. We have on once in a while, the lie detector guy. I said, I'll go first. Get everybody who works here in a line and ask him if you have the Jackie puppet. And that we'll find it for sure. And it'll be fucking wonderful. And Steve goes, that's a fantastic idea. What a great show it'll be. The next morning at six o'clock, Howard walked in with the fucking puppet. And it was never heard from again. He oh. had it the whole fucking time oh. at his house. Wow. 
Wow. Is that some crazy shit? And nobody's heard any of that stuff. And I'm not disparaging. It was, it was good radio, but, you That's know. probably like a Twilight Zone after Howard took it home one afternoon and he puts and, it in the basement. And you can't you know, put the toothpaste back in the tube. Well, Jackie didn't steal it. He's an asshole why anyway, you, want, you know. Why do you want beef and broccoli now? Hey, wait a minute. What's that? What's that? <laughs> Doing a Twilight Zone bit with Howard and the Puppet. Now, yeah, now Howard and the you, Puppet. You told me, Jackie, that they had an even more grotesquely frightening, offensive uh, Robin puppet. It was, you know, you know, I have no oh. idea what happened with that, but where that wound up. But it was, I think, it, I think Ralph made it because when we did the, you remember the Channel Nine show? Remember Clarence Thomas, Billy? Ralph yes. made a Clarence Thomas doll or a face yep. for, a for, for face, somebody a to mask. wear. And it had lips literally the size of like two small baseball, two wiffle ball bats on top of each other. And <laughs> his lips were immense. And they also had his hair, his <laughs> afro tied up <laughs> to a piece of string. So when somebody said something funny or offensive, they'd pull the string and his hair would go up like buckwheat. <laughs> Farina. <laughs> so... <laughs> And then somebody, somebody made a, a oh Robin God. one, but it was it was so over the fucking top. God knows where that is. We, you we, know what? That show also there was a special guest that day, and he meant a lot to me because I didn't have a dad, so he was like a father figure. I imagined my myself being like Robert Vaughn, the man from Uncle. Ah, oh yeah, well you're and a big I man from Uncle. I couldn't wait guy. to meet him, and I was gonna play a character part. In the sketch, it might have got cut, but I had a dress on and I was running around backstage and I come up to Robert Vaughn and I said, you know, you were my idol. And he just, he's recoiling, looking at me in a dress. <laughs> <laughs> my idol. That, Don't ever meet your idol. Uh, we terribly, if only there was behind won. the scenes shit from that show because it was crazy. You know, what's his name? Bob Denver and w one of the two girls... <laughs> From that show, Marianne, either Mary, Tina Louise, they or had Donald. been in AA for like twenty years or something, and they came on. They were so appalled by the show, they were doing an appearance in Atlantic City, and they drank all the way down to Atlantic oh, City. No. Do you remember we had oh, no. we had the, the the big six foot three security guard played the skipper, and we had him sitting in the sand underneath a palm tree, and there was enough sand that we could hide the bottom half of his leg. And we had a fake leg, and we were eating his leg. And it was, it was, it was, it was fucking priceless. And I was, I was Marianne. I had a big, huge belly. Oh, fucking. All this, all this stuff sounds like an acid trip when you run through it real quickly. But if you spent four hours, it was like an avalanche of comedy going on in there. And I don't care if it was Gilbert coming in and screaming at the top of his lungs for more than five minutes. It was, I'd go out of there with my, my ribs hurting oh, me from great just days. doubled over. You know, there was almost a world war. Gary Busey was on the show and he had been in a motorcycle accident and got, oh, I think he got pretty seriously hurt and got really banged up. So we created a sketch called uh, Motorcycle Injuries for Men Club, like yeah. hair, hair he for men. famously wasn't the wearing head a head injury club right. for men. Head injury club for men. And so- <laughs> You wrote Howard, it. You don't Howard remember it. And Howard's wearing like some kind of like a bandage around his head, but he had a tube going up 
you know, so that when he squeezed the tube or Ralph squeezed the tube, the blood would come oozing down his throat. <laughs> and, and we're doing dress rehearsal and Busey's right there across from him. And Ralph, of course, didn't know what the fuck he was doing. And when he squeezed it, the little tube popped out and shot fake blood all over Gary Busey. Oh. And, and he thought oh. it was on purpose. And he, I don't know if you remember, he was... I thought fists were going to fly. It was, it was, of course that wasn't, it was a rehearsal, so the cameras weren't going. Oh, what the fuck? All I right? tried to do and, was squeeze blood and it just popped and open and it got all over his face and he was angry at me. <laughs> <laughs> but of all the people that do that to him, you know, like, that fucking guy. We had him on this show. Piece of work. Gary? Yeah, yeah. Gary Busey. Yeah, well, of course, and he wasn't wearing a helmet in that, in that accident. He, had, he no, suffered that, that, serious damage. Of course, of course. <laughs> Tell us about the doc since you brought it up. It's a good time to bring it up, it, to plug it. The guy the guy that uh, was my radio partner for eight years, Ian Carr from uh, IKA Collective, has been doing it and interviewing different people. And These, we, these two guys are in it. We still, Gilbert's in it, Billy's in it, uh, Willie Nelson tells some jokes, and uh, we got a whole bunch <laughs> of people. And, you know, I don't, uh, who knows? Uh, you know, it's, it's fun. It'll be fun going to film festivals, and you never know what's going to run up the flagpole and be enjoyed. But you go to these film festivals, you could sit there for days and never smile. So if there's something <laughs> the least bit funny, it's going to be a fucking home run. I love run. the trailer. And people are loving the trailer. We, in fact, we had to yank the trailer off because uh, people were too interested. And we didn't want to come too soon. You know what I mean? Because it's mm -hmm. not out yet. But yep. uh, I just want to do the Q&As and answer the questions and set some, you know, some stories straight and everything. But uh, it's, you know, it's wacky because I, I did What's a lot it called? Of, joke Man. Just Joke Man. Okay. You know, you know nice. When, when you were talking before about seeing that people on game shows, you couldn't imagine them doing anything. One of the saddest things I remember, I was on Hollywood Squares oh. and Dom DeLuise was on that. And he was sitting next to me. And he turned to me very seriously and he said, he said, can, do you think doing game shows can hurt your career? <laughs> That's fucking great. I'm so, I'm so proud because I did that show twice and I think I was edited edited like three times. You know, I know one time. Were you the Paul Lind that day? I, I forget what I said, but <laughs> but what's his name? Tom, what's his face? Uh, Bergeron. Tom Bergeron. Tom Bergeron goes, TMI, Jackie. TMI, I think I did a diarrhea joke about Madonna. It's like, you know, you're just trying to loosen it up. You know? <laughs> On Hollywood Squares, you did a diarrhea well, joke. Well, it was a little more, you know, it was a little obscure, but... Uh, <laughs> Hey, I went out there to do it with Howard, and Princess Jaja was on the show. Uh -oh. And she'd be going up the stairs. Her ass took up the entire staircase. You couldn't pass, and we used to piss ourselves laughing. Bill, what do you know about Paul Lynn? Because Gilbert, Gilbert says he was a, a vicious anti-Semite. Was he really? Yeah, yeah. I heard he had a from one of the original producers. They said, like, like, during lunch, all the other acts would be, like, you know, having lunch and telling jokes and being nice and funny. <laughs> yeah. And Paul Lynn would be bombed out of his skull <laughs> because he was this drunken old queen. <laughs> and, and and a bitter drunken old queen. And he'd go, no, that's right, Jews. <laughs> right. 
there's the reason I don't have a career. Those fucking Jews held me back at every point. And somebody say the Jewish guy Paulin's an anti-Semite, and they go, that fag? <laughs> Oh, my God. Hey, he was right on the train behind the Jews, you know? The pink triangle. <laughs> Once that umbrella opened up. Oh, my God. <laughs> tell, uh, tell Billy the, uh, the Ronnie Shell story. <laughs> Sorry. Tell him the Ronnie Shell story. I want, an, I want their take on that. Oh, well. Or the, with the Allen lead. Oh, yeah. okay. I want, you, I want to know if you think this is true, Bill. Okay. Uh, according to Ronnie Shell, <laughs> what Alan Ladd was into, he'd gather up a bunch of women and they'd all like surround him and he'd stand in the center naked holding a chicken. And according to Ronnie Shell, all the women would start singing, you simply got to fuck that chicken. Wait a minute. That's, he that's he wanted that them to do that's that? That's in the book. It's in the book. That's like that's Blue in Velvet. In, in full service. Same yeah. Blue it's Velvet. In, it's in Bowen's. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Scotty Bowers. Scotty Bowers. So book. then there is something to I, it. I, but I don't, I'm not sure that's a song, and I'm not sure it was Alan Laird, but, you know, they mix it. <laughs> they, they mix and match everything. You know what I mean? My favorite part of that book. Was he, the whole thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you read that book, Bill? Which one? Full service, the Scotty Bowers book? No. Oh, he, we'll send it to you. I, the last book I read was he, One Fish, Two Fish. <laughs> he spends fish, like blue fish. three quarters of the book talking about all the dicks he sucked, all the times he's gotten fucked in the ass, and he goes, but, you know, I was really into women. And, uh, <laughs> when, when did you sneak that in? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> When he's talking about Lucy, all, I love the passage where he was a bartender at the yep. Hollywood parties yep. and Lucy reached across and grabbed him and said, if you get my husband laid one more time, I'm going to cut your balls off. That's <laughs> great. Fucking can you great. say it in Lucy's voice, please? Oh, can I hear you? <laughs> if you? If you get my husband laid one more time, I'm going to cut your balls off. Oh, Apple. Ethel, it's Bill Holden. <laughs> Remember in Musso and Frank's? Yep. Ethel, it's Bill Holden. <laughs> he, was, he was looking at them. <laughs> you know, we're talking about stuff that nobody in the world could follow. Not even me. Some guy's in a bad barroom brawl. <laughs> and he gets his face all smashed up really bad. So they, they have to wire his whole face together. So he's in the hospital, and for a couple of weeks, they got to force feed him with this machine that has a tube coming out of it that pushes the food up his ass. <laughs> so one day, the nurse pushes in the machine and takes the tube and jams it up the guy's ass. And he says, nurse, nurse. She says, what do you want? Says, have you got another one of these machines? What do you mean? Here in the hospital, have you got another one of these machines? She says, yeah, why? He says, I want you to have lunch with me tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Jack, 
Mikey, you, you think of the anatomy an awful lot. He does. The digestive that's system. Only, that's the only safe that. place. Guy pukes in a bowl. The guy next to him eats it. I love it. <laughs> what about the Pat McCormick story? What do you know about that, Jack? The helicopter story. I don't. I. That Bill, was, do you know this one? No, I know the baby story at the lunch. Yes. Yes. This this was one that Pat McCormick. Uh, yeah. You know, well, all of them used. To, it was a group of them that would get together. And they'd all try to outdo each other. Outgrow each uh, other. Don Adams was yeah. one of yeah, them. Yeah, the Army's Army. Yeah, this was yeah. just, they weren't even trying to outgrow us. They would just have a big dinner. And Bill Dana. Then when it was uh, a Pat McCormick's turn, he had them all meet at this place. And he handed them all a paper bag with an apple and a sandwich in it, a tuna sandwich. And then they were, they were like saying, like, what the hell's this? And then each one was led onto a helicopter, one after the other. And they would have a hooker on the helicopter <laughs> who would suck the guy's dick as the helicopter was circling his house. <laughs> <laughs> so none of these guys knew enough to say no after being around the guy forever, you know. Would buzz the house like, while the Pat McCormick wants you to come over. Forget it, forget it, forget it. I'm busy. And I heard I, one of them, when they got home that night, uh, she, the wife said, so, uh, you know, how was your night? And he goes, you know, uh, okay. And then he says, uh, so how was your night? And she says, it was all right, except that this helicopter kept, kept circling the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's... We were sitting there on the Stern Show one day, and boom, at like <clears throat> quarter after six, Kennison walked in. With Pat McCormick, wow, and oh, Jack Riley, is that his yeah. name? Oh, yeah. Riley. yeah, and Chuck. He was McCann. one of those. That the gang. four of them, like yeah. the Mount Rushmore, all in that, that same group. And we were like, "Holy motherfucker!" It was just, and it, I have no idea what happened. I have no idea. It was so crazy. You know, it, I'm sure it was a din the entire time. <laughs> McCormick was the size of a fucking like six, oh, six, yes. Six, five, yeah. yes, wow. Don Adams um, had a stand-up routine. He did, but I remember talking to. Jonathan Winters once, he said, what stand-up? What, what comedy clubs? There wasn't any. It was called Interrupting Somebody's Dinner. <laughs> you know? and, and I think about it, and it's like that's about the size of it. But Don, Don Adams was running around back in those days. I think they played jazz clubs and stuff. I think Bill Dana and, wrote uh, for him. Yeah, he? Bill Dana wrote his yeah, act. He wrote his act, yeah. And um, Don Adams, that voice that he always used for, like, the Get Smart voice. And on the Bill Dana show, he played house detective Byron Glick. Glick. Byron Glick. What yeah. you need is a quart of Glick blood in you. You know, just because the guy was scared next to him. I'm talking about how brave he is. But I mean, he goes, uh, Your Honor, for the past half hour, the district attorney has been up here making a total ass of himself. Now it's my turn. <laughs> I'm sorry it's not as scintillating as you may want. <laughs> Oh, I saw him. I saw him when he was, like, in the throes. You did? You know, he was at a recording studio, and I think he was doing Inspector Gadget still. And he, no, he was doing, he had a game show or, or a TV show, sitcom called Check It Out. Yeah, Check It Out. And he played the manager yeah, right. of a That's grocery right. store. That's right. 
Wow. Yeah. Oh, oh I right. oh, yeah, and I heard he made more from that uh that that sitcom which no one ever saw, no. but I heard no. he made more from that. Don't forget Don Adams screen test. Oh, in yes, the 70s. yes. Remember that, Bill? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. Wow. Don Adams screen test. Yeah, he wasn't a happy guy from what I understand. No, well, when I saw him, like when it was near the end, he his eyebrows were dyed boot black and, you know, the whole works that goes with Royalties are so weird. Leslie West said that Mississippi Queen was a huge, huge show and whatever rapper that was one of the first really big rappers sampled like a little hunk of Mississippi Queen and put it on his rap record that was a huge seller. And Leslie said the checks he gets for that were far surpassed the checks he got for Mississippi that's Queen. Fa- that's How, fascinating. You know, it's, it's crazy, that show. You know what? It's Don- musical vandalism. <laughs> Don Adams had that look of that real uh, midlife crisis look. Where Frantic. he was had that horrible seventies uh, guy trying to be hip, not a hippie. <laughs> what do you mean, like a tan and a members only? Jacket? Yeah, 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 and <laughs> the hair long. Oh, and the must the right. porn like right. porn Jack Carter star with the mustache. love medallion. It just, yeah. it just bled away thirty years. Like the, yes, like, yes. like Bill said, like Jack Carter did that. Yeah, 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 with the love medallion and the oh, oh, I love what? everybody. Yeah. <laughs> the love, the big, big piece. I love it. You know the difference between men and women. Did you ever meet him, Jack? Did you ever meet Jack Carter? No, but the greatest Jack Carter story was at the first time I went to a Friars roast. Uh, Bob Goldthwait was there. Oh, and, I know this one. And Jack Carter, do you know that? No. Yeah. And Jack Carter was sitting on the dais, and Goldthwait goes. I was in Los Angeles. I had to go meet my agent at a restaurant, and I was waiting for this guy. I'm sitting there in my car, waiting for this guy to pull out of pull out of the parking space, and I'm waiting and waiting. And finally, the guy pulls out, and this other guy, this other guy, zooms in in front of me when I'd been waiting for ten fucking minutes. God, just I just stole the fucking guy's license plate, and he holds it up, and he goes. Carter, you want this? No, he was even shocked. No, we had um, Jack Carter on uh, Ren and Stimpy. He played this character named Wilbur Cobb, this old guru of a cartoon animation guy. You know, they were sending up somebody. I'm not sure who, but but Jack was perfect because he he sounded like he was spitting up pieces of his breathing system and and his wife came to pick him up and I said boy Jack's got I mean his voice is so rich with I I don't know and and uh, I said it's like snot or something talking (laughs) snot And, and she went nobody's got more snot in his throat than my Jack we are number one this is demographic. <laughs> we missed out on him on this show. We wanted him so desperately because he, he was so bitter. And he had said yes. Yeah. That's the worst part. He said yes to doing it. And then he died like the next day. Well, he See, had a lot a of prick. snot in his throat. What a yeah. prick. <laughs> Do you know what? He was very generous of spirit. He was because <laughs> when I was working with him, I was on a Tonight Show one night. And I wanted to do a Jay Leno impression, and Jay shot me a look. You know, I started doing it, and he, he shot me this look, and it went right through my heart. I was, like, like crippled, stunned. <laughs> you know, I didn't know what I was going to do, and so I started doing the usual sh- nonsense. And uh, 
And I came the next day and I said, you know, Jack Carter was having lunch at this joint called Mirabella. It was near where we recorded. It was a, um, an Italian restaurant. And he held court there and I came in. What's the matter? You look like you lost your best friend. <laughs> and I said, uh, I just, I felt terrible being on a Tonight Show and, you know, trying to do something. I have no business being there, but Jay didn't want me to do impressions of him. <laughs> so he goes, you held your own. You know, I mean, he saw it. He watches nice. all that stuff. Bilko uh, used to watch all that stuff. You know, the newest comedy shows when they were. Uh, sure, sure. <clears throat> when they were so out of fashion, you know. Why don't they call me? Why don't they call me? I'm a funny guy. <laughs> <laughs> so a girl, a girl goes to the guy. See, that's all I can do. A girl goes to the gynecologist. She's stuck. I'm freaking out. I'm there was out. no girl. Admit it. There was no girl that ever went to the gy- gynecologist girl and goes started to the freaking out. She's stuck. I'm freaking out. I keep finding postage stamps <laughs> from Costa Rica in my vagina. <laughs> in the exam, she says, lady, those aren't postage stamps. Those are the stickers from bananas. <laughs> I love you. I love you so much. How much do I love you? That's all I can do. That's, I just Fucking love you. Wind up toy. Bill, we had David McCallum here. We know you're a man from Uncle Guy. Yes. Yeah. Um, Good guest. David McCallum. Have you met um, him? I. I think I did meet him once. Yeah. Um, we had him here. He was good. He was How on the Stern show, wasn't he? 80s. They brought him in and he played Ilya Kuryakin. Yeah, in his 80s. Yeah, he's this Brit that was trying to be from Georgia, Russia or something. Yeah, yeah. It was good. It, it was really good. He was good. Hey, there was sna- nothing else on TV. Look, at first of all, there was three channels, three and a half channels. Yeah. If you, you could get tw- channel 12 from Manchester and it was like watching a <laughs> snowstorm. <laughs> <laughs> Manchester, New Hampshire, and oh, and Channel Ten from Providence, Rhode Island, and, right. and that was a snowstorm too. Yeah. But I would watch Pixels. I didn't care as long as I could hear it. You know, I was fine with it. Even old movies that you know, like yeah. uh, oh God, what was that? Missile to the Moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ever see that one, Gilbert? It, it was like it was. There was another picture that sort of emulated that called Cat Women on the Moon. I don't know if it was yeah. Roger Corman or not, but Missile to the Moon was so crazy because these two criminals are hiding in a rocket ship, you know? <laughs> nobody, nobody will ever find this in here. <laughs> I don't know, Gary. I don't know. Maybe we better get out of here. And all of a sudden, the door's shut and the rocket is getting ready to take off to the moon. And uh, they go to the moon and they find all this... They find the jewels are so prominent and everything. And then they go to steal some jewels that were in the caves and this giant phony spider shows up and and it was i know sound and i know it was some some schmo on a mic doing the spider noise like (laughs) (laughs) who else listens to that and knows what it is jesus I know some. It was some Billy West back in 1959. You're a George Pal guy, aren't you, Bill? I am George Pal guy. Gilbert loves Seven Faces of Doctor Lau. I love that too. Yeah, Jesus, he eats that shit up. Oh, Mike, the world is so filled with wonderful things. (laughs) I know, Doctor Lau, but you're leaving. How do you know it's going to be good for me? I don't. Neither do I. 
You know, he would switch. He'd switch from like this senatorian, this this like you know orator, because he did have a great voice. Tony into, you know, into uh, everybody's worst nightmare of a Chinese impression. <laughs> You know, he's, he's, he's the circus of Dr. Low. Who tell you things that you don't know? You know, and I'm, I watched it w- one time like about five years ago and I was like going, oh, it's like a car crash. <laughs> but, there was good, but there was good stuff in the movie though. It's like going back and trying to watch a Peter Sellers movie and it's like, yeah. you know, the Marx Brothers. You what could, about you Lolita? Crazy. He was great in Lolita. That, he played that, that creepy that holds quilty, up like crazy. Yeah, yeah, quilty. Yeah, he corners uh, James Mason on the porch, you know, because because he's got, he quilty is banging Lolita. He's like a guru to her, and James Mason Mason is madly in love with her. Uh, and uh, so this quilty kept changing his identity, and he wanted to give <laughs> uh, what's his name shit. What's his name? James Mason. James James Mason, <laughs> and. Uh, he goes, well, I see you're out here hanging around. That's good. That's good. I, I came out to hang around too. And, I, you know, a couple of guys like us, you know, sometimes they hang around. And, and he was doing this whole, like, pickup rap. And James Mason was, you know, he was homosexual. And he's acting like this is really bothering him. You know, he was like, you know, oh, stop it. You know, like, that was a really creepy. Ooh. Lolita? Oh, it was. No. I remember Peter Sellers keeps saying, "Yeah, you know, because we're we're two we're two normal guys. We're two, two normal, normal guys, guys. And co- uh, now and then a couple of normal guys like us want to get together. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you're normal and I'm normal. It, but it was this beautiful. I think he probably pulled it out of his ass to tell you the truth, and I just I, I loved it. It was. Isn't he playing ping so- pong at one point in in, oh. in, in that movie? Claire Quilty. Yes. Yeah, he's playing table yeah, he tennis. Always, but he, um, what was the weirdest part? Oh, when um, when um, James Mason is looking for a place to live, you know, because he's a teacher in residency and he needs a little spot to live at. So he answers an ad and it's Shelly Winters. And she <laughs> shows him her garden and, uh, you know, the cherry pies. You know, I bake my own, you know. And, uh, and he eats them too. Yes, yes. And he <laughs> looks out the morning. window. He looks out the window and he sees like a 16 year old Sue Lyon, the actress <laughs> mm-hmm. with heart shaped glasses on, sitting there as fine as you please reading oh. Archie comics. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and she goes, he sees her and he goes, you know, I I think I will take uh, the room. I, I I I like it. I got a good feeling. And uh, she goes. So what was it? My country garden. My uh, you know my location. My cherry pies. And he's looking right at Sue Lyon. He goes. I think it was your cherry pies. <laughs> <laughs> We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast after this. Bill, you want to try this with Gilbert? Is this, this thing going in front of anywhere you? with all this crap that I'm saying? This thing in front of you, you want to, You guys want to try this for fun? Uh, oh, yeah. A, a Jessel duet? Yes. Gil, why don't okay, you, why don't you but you got to call it. You got to call it as we go. You start, and you guys can do a verse each. I separated them. Oh, okay. So, so And then you can do the last one together. So Bill will start. Okay. Go ahead, we're going to do it a cappella. Go ahead, Bill. What does that mean? In the nude? 
<laughs> I think it means interlude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can't. Okay, I'll try something. I'll try it. You know, back in childhood days, I can remember loving caresses showered on me. <laughs> Mother's eyes would gaze at me so tender. What was their meaning? Now I can see. One bright and guiding light <laughs> that taught me wrong from right I found in my mother's eyes. <laughs> oh, that was a song. Okay, where am I at? Okay, Rose <laughs> baby tale she told. That the road was paved in gold. They used to hold their throats and do that fake. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, see the tree, how big it's grown. Bobby <laughs> Goldsboro. And, and friends, it hasn't been too long. It wasn't big. <laughs> he did crickets. Wait, what, what did I say? Okay. Um, well, the road paved in gold, and I found this in mother's eyes. Now you go. Just like a wandering sparrow, one lonely soul, I walked the straight and narrow till I reached my goal. God's gifts and from above are real unselfish love I found in my mother's eyes. Is this the last verse, Frank? Yeah, you could do it together. Coming up. Well, I have an addendum. Go ahead. Wait. <laughs> One bright and guiding light that taught me wrong from right. I, I found in my mother's eyes. <laughs> Those sing, those baby tales she told. That road paved with gold. I found in my mother's eyes. Now, hey, hold on before you applaud. Oh my God! And like so, I. Bid Gilbert a big wet kiss because I because I heard things about him, and like so I run like hell because Gilbert has a knife, and like so I kill him before he kills me, and like so I donate me and my tender ass to the Albion State Prison, and like so I change my name to Lillian so all the prisoners will like me. Jesus. You know that part of the speech. Remember his uh, Friars Club speech where he he was so eloquent. I know we're just ripping him to pieces and making uh, him sound like a marble-mouthed yeah. idiot, but he was more than that. <laughs> yes. No, he was so astute, and he was an orator, you know, and he, and he really had total command. He reminded me of a, like a mush-mouth Myron Cohen. Uh-huh. That's a good who, analogy. Who had a beautiful voice. Yes. Myron Cohen. It's I, not a question. I heard that. Georgie Jessel, like toward the end, late late years of Groucho's life, Georgie Jessel would show up at his house because Georgie Jessel had no money oh. out of his career. He yes, had no and money, and he used to like ask Groucho if he could have oh. some money. He he did eulogies to he did to eat. Yeah, he did. My God, because oh, it was person. so good. But that's <laughs> yeah. all he had. Why didn't you save your money, George? Would you give him money, Jackie, if he came begging? Oh, sure. If he rose from the dead? 
you never met do Jessel? You, do you know the story about Al Jolson and George Jessel? They, tell, tell it. He was, he was, Al Jolson decided he was going to give, Jessel was so broke and down and out, he's going to let him share the bill. And Jessel, you know, before his egos, he's like, I, I want to be on the marquee. And meanwhile, he was a tiny, tiny star and Jolson was huge. And he really went to the mat that he wanted to be on the marquee. And Jolson had him put on the marquee. Al Jolson, but Georgie Jessel. <laughs> Which is just classic. Fantastic. What was he? Was there a record, You Don't Have to Be Jewish? Was somebody like Bob McFadden imitating like George Jessel oh, or something? Yeah, that sounds familiar. He's, he's like, he comes running in the house. Oh, I'm thirsty. Oh, I'm thirsty. I'm, I'm, th oh, I'm thirsty. And then he goes to the refrigerator and there's some ice water in there. He takes a big glass of ice water and drinks it down. Oh, was I thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Wesley, you said, you, you know him. He used to tell all those old jokes where the, the guy goes to the doctor and he says, Doc, I, I swallowed a sponge. How you feeling? Tasty. You know, it's just <laughs> but, it's, but it makes you laugh, though. Oh, God. <laughs> but I was just what's thinking about all these nice, guys the other the day. What's the name of a nice city in New Jersey that starts with T? Atlantic City. <laughs> oh. Stupid shit like that. Bill, did Bill Gilbert's just a little bit Just go of... through the tunnel and watch out for those girls. They're not girls. They're boys. Those are the tunnel bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> did Paul Freese do one of the voices in the Beatle cartoon? The, the, yes. The, the... Oh, which he did, one? He did John Lennon. Because Gilbert's sort of obsessed with those bad, those bad Beatle cartoons. Oh, are you? Yeah. Because um, it's like none of them sounded like the Beatles. No, the George was pretty Close. The Paul McCartney wasn't bad, but John Lennon, you got to remember, he was the Urzatz, uh, what do you call it, uh, Orson Welles. Yeah. When they couldn't get Orson Welles, they got this guy, Paul Fries. Remember in the George Pal movie, Atlantis, the Lost Continent, he would go, Atlantis, the Lost Continent. And it was so cool that he had this big voice, and then he was doing, John Lennon. You know? Yes. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Ringo. Ringo, don't do that. <laughs> well, you thought they all sounded like Ronald Coleman. Go. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's like. Ah, it's a far, far thing. I yes, it's, it's, let's <laughs> sing our song from our latest album. Ronald Coleman. Now, was he a kid star at one point? Jeez, Am I, I thinking of that? I or Freddie Bartholomew? Freddie Bartholomew oh, yeah. was a, child, yeah. a kid's child star. Yeah. 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 He's so prim and proper, and this evil Alexis Smith is standing next to him while he's orat or orating. What is that? Orating the word. Orating at his father's funeral, and Alexis Smith wants the guy's money, and she shows up in this glittering gown, and he's trying to pretend like I'm not affected. I apologize for the segue, but tell us about this enchantment. Tell oh, us about the new, the new series. It's on Netflix, and we're doing um, the second season, and it's being received really well by the audience that, that found it. You know, it's not mm -hmm. like Futurama or The Simpsons. It's something totally different, which makes it beautiful to me. It's not what you expect. And I just play a couple of uh, incidental characters, but I do um, a wizard named Sorcerio. And he, he sounds like... Uh, he sounds like Jonathan Harris. 
<laughs> oh, so Sherio knows things that you don't know. <laughs> you know, and uh, and then there's the Elf King who sounds like Percy Helton. Love Gilbert. Percy Helton. Yes. Yeah. I'm the Elf King. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, yes. You'll all pay. You'll see. You'll all see. All frantic and... Oh, and I do the jester, but that's like a Phil Silvers, like a Dawes Butler, hulky wolf kind of voice. You mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. And uh, he he tells a lousy joke, and they always drop him through a trap door, and he always acts like he didn't see it coming. How is that? <laughs> oh, no. Uh! <laughs> I, I once worked with Jonathan Harris. Yes. That when they were doing this really zero-budget problem child cartoon series. Oh yeah, and and the guy playing big, uh, big, uh, whatever that guy's name was, Big Daddy or something that that Jack Jack Warden played in the movie. They had Jonathan Harris, and I said to John because I remember on Stern they used to talk about him all the time because you'd mm-hmm. imitate him, and I yeah. said you know uh, Howard Stern would love to have you on this show, and he goes. Never, <laughs> never. <laughs> I have everything to lose and nothing to gain. <laughs> you want to hear the greatest irony of all time is that I my book got a spike in sales. It didn't sell that well, you know, altogether. And all of a sudden, I sold almost as many as I did out of the gate. And I'm like, I'm trying to figure out what show I did or what I said or how the fuck... And what happened was Howard never mentioned my book on the show. So nobody that listens to his show by way of him had any idea that I had a book out. But now he has a book out. And if you buy a book on Amazon, oh, underneath it people says who bought, people who bought this very book. Very good. So people, and they're already got their credit card in. They're already clicking. So they must be buying it. Fuck it. And buying mine too. Not, not everybody, but certainly it only it only takes a tiny blip to make a big difference. Nice timing, buddy. So I, you know, wow. and I don't think he could stop that. So <laughs> which is great. No, things can be done, Jackie. No, <laughs> things can be done. So a guy's on an elevator with a big fat broad. He says, "Can I smell your snatch?" She says, "No." He says, "Then it must be your feet." <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna get letters. Yeah. We're gonna get letters. We get a lot of letters. We get a lot of Before letters. Before we get out of Jackie here, Jackie always launches in. He goes, "You know." <laughs> He's like, "Reminds me of a story." <laughs> I live for Billy's Jackie. Hey, I got you? one. You can use at your next country club gig to open with. Oh, and that okay. way, you won't get thrown out till the second joke. <laughs> <laughs> a guy gets an accident and both his legs are all broken, so he's in a wheelchair. And his friend comes over to visit him and he says, You know, the guy in the wheelchair says, My, my feet are kind of cold. Would you run upstairs and get my slippers? He says, Sure. And he goes upstairs and there's the guy's 18 year old twin daughters. And he says, Girls, your father just sent me up here to fuck you. And they're like, You're crazy. He says, I'll prove it to you. And he yells down to his friend, Both of them? And he yells back, Of course, both of them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! I I gotta laugh at them, no matter what it leads to. You know, it's like there was never any Johnny Fucker Faster. There was no kid that ever lived named Johnny Fucker Faster. He's deconstructing Even your jokes, Jack. At seven years old, you're saying to yourself, 
There's no such thing as John. You know, we were talking about Andy's gang. I am <laughs> yeah. so fucking old. You I, know, Andy I, I was the new guy. Card here. Did you know Andy was the new guy? Andy Devine and Froggy. But Andy was the new guy. Yes. There was Uncle Ed. Uh, no, it was Smiling Ed's gang. Right. Smiling Ed, this big old fat fuck from Chicago with a military gray haircut. <laughs> Does this mean anything to you, Bill? And then no. he got he got. <laughs> I remember out Andy and Devine. Andy came, and Andy came and he was the new guy. People were like, well, you're really fucking old. Oh. Billy, do Andy Devine. <laughs> <laughs> Plunk your magic twanger. Froggy the, Froggy the Gremlin. Just the original Bobcat. <laughs> the original Bobcat. You're, you're a big Plunky Red Skelton magic fan. Twanger. Red Skelton was great. I, you know, I used to watch him watch himself. I mean, my mother used to watch me watch Red Skelton because I would laugh so fucking hard. <clears throat> it was really great. Not harder than him. In, uh, yeah, yeah right. his own it, it was great. And then he did his 75th anniversary show or 50th anniversary show business or something. And it was so long ago that there was still a fucking television in the comedy condo in Fort Lauderdale. That's how long ago. And we're, I'm sitting there with Bill McCarty and, and Adam and a bunch of guys. And all of a sudden, there's Red Skelton standing at the mic and laughing and swinging his arms. And they're like, Martling, that's fucking you. And I don't know whether it was subconscious oh, or what. But he's standing there, moving around and giggling and just so tickled with himself. I think I was already doing that. Gil, didn't they tell us Red Skelton had an enormous porn collection? Uh, yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, and, I know. And Bud Abbott. Bud Abbott yeah. had a tremendous porn collection. Oh. oh, here's something that. When he was relegated to the wheelchair, he couldn't reach the top shelf where he kept the best porn. <laughs> Come on, Lou. Come on, Lou. Get it right. Get it right. Get it right. Get on all fours. Get on all fours and help me up. I can't put you up there again. You're going to fall. No, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Take this around the corner and give it to Mel. It's for Mel to hide. Uh, one, stupid one plays on words. I've discussed with Drew Friedman and, yeah? uh, uh, for, for a long time. Is that uh, according to legend, Andy Devine and Clark Gable were having a gay affair? <laughs> <laughs> is it is that in Scotty's book? No, it's in, it's in Drew Friedman's imagination. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd make a great first uh, strip. You want Billy Andy Devine, and then there was um, oh Cammy Grant and Randolph Scott. Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought yeah. Cherry liked girls. When I saw those two big, beautiful boobs, I knew that I was in trouble. <laughs> and then Randy walked in. <laughs> Before we get out of here, who's got an Al Lewis story they want to tell? The first time he came on the show, <laughs> it was like 1986. No hesitation. And, and he came in, and me and Fred were looking at each other cross-eyed because we are still... Absolutely positive, he shit his pants. <laughs> and that's when it was a small radio studio, and we were like, holy fucking Lord. And he wound up being such a good friend and such a talent, such a wonderful guy. But he smelled like he had shit his pants on the way in. On the way, ask Fred. Oh my God, I'm going to get it. A million flies can't be wrong, ask him. <laughs> He was such a great, he was such a great character. Yeah, these flies are following me, and I don't know why, Herman. <laughs> Jake the Joke Man. You know, the further you and Fred get away from him, the worse this fucking show gets. <laughs> that was so great. Bill, Bill, by popular demand, please tell the story of Grandpa's restaurant with the, with the two women. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. 
Um, <laughs> Jackie knows where, where Grandpa's restaurant yeah, was. Bleaker. It was called Grandpa's Bella Gente. Yeah, it's it was Staten an Island, Italian right? place. It was one in the city. Yeah, in the village. In the village. Yeah, the mafia set me up. <laughs> I could run money through there. <laughs> yeah, and I got a young wife, that young chippy, and I'm doing that slow moan over the satin sheets. <laughs> <laughs> And then Jackie comes over with his corn pone humor. <laughs> no, he never said that. He never Curry. said that. I don't know. I just need I needed to say the word corn pone. <laughs> corn pone. So so um so he's he's in that restaurant and I said, geez, I've never formally met him and I was just he must have seen me grinning like an ape at him, you know? <laughs> Is that guy a fagula? <laughs> no. Staring at him, and, and um, I was one of the last people in there, and there was a young couple uh, who had their little daughter, and the, the father says to her, go over and ask him where he lives. And she goes, okay. And she comes running across, and she goes, where do you live? 13, 13, Mockingbird Lane. And she, she's scared and runs away. He's a monster. And, and he looks at me, and he goes, Women. <laughs> and then uh, then there's two biddies from the Midwest, like Minnesota or something, and they're having their New York trip, and they're winding it up. And it's like, oh, before we left, we had to come by your restaurant. And they, oh, it lived up to its promise, and this pasta is so good. It's, it, it's real al dente. You know, and and uh, the other woman was like, "Oh, I agree totally. This is beautiful." And um, and he goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> well, we'll be going now. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and he's just he's being as cordial as he can be. And then they start out the door, and you know, when somebody decides to ramp up again with a whole new conversation, they popped back in and went, "Oh, and we're going to tell all our friends." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the door closes. And he goes, drop dead. <laughs> he was sardonic, but the guy, you know, he had a heart of gold. You could just tell, you know. I, I used to have dinners with him and stuff. And, and he made everybody, there was like seven of us, and he made everybody give him the cash. And he would put it on his card. Because I, I, might, I might be gone tomorrow, but I'll have cash. You know, Hello on the credit card. That's how I operate. Yeah, yeah. Dead. I was thinking about the old time guys, and I said, God bless every one of them. I was watching show shows, mm -hmm. and all the stuff that Sid Caesar was able to do. And I know, great. You know, he wasn't for everybody's taste, but for some reason, I just, I absolutely loved him. I wanted to be able to to run those dialects, you know, and. One time I got to sit with him and have lunch with him, and these two guys I was with, they produced his little segments, you know, the Sid Caesar vids, mm -hmm. videos where they would interview, you know, uh, Lucille Callan or whoever, Bud Yorkin, and, jeez, um, Larry Gelbard. And, uh, <clears throat> and he sat there, and I said, Sid, I don't know what got into me, but I said, I, I just love you so much, and I and I wanted to tell you a hunting joke in Italian. <laughs> Taking all the risks in the world. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> You know, shotgun, shotgun, uh, boots, and uh, and uh, 
And I said, what do you think? And he was so generous of spirit. He had a twinkle in his eye. and But he really was thinking, I created this? <laughs> <laughs> I begat. <laughs> he, was, he was just amazing. And, and Carl Reiner is still alive. Yeah, I met we Howard had him on Morris. Yes, yeah. he's great. Yeah. Did you have Howie Morris on? No, we didn't. We started no. after Howie passed. Oh, because I worked on a cartoon with him once. And I heard he had it he, out for Joe Barbera, Howie Morris. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. There's a Joe Barbera story. Um, at at Hanna Barbera, which is on, used to be on um, uh, before Ventura. Coenga, Coenga, yeah. And um, and Joe Barbera um, took his secretary, and they got on the elevator, and he started to go up, and and he had this thing where he would press the stop button on the elevator. <laughs> the emergency stopped. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and all of a sudden, you know, he would begin bumping and crying. <laughs> and then one of his best friends, also his security guard for a number of years, um, sees him come out down the first floor with the woman, and he goes, Joe, man. Oh, Joe. What? I, I saw everything. <laughs> they, they had a closed-circuit camera in the elevator. <laughs> Oh, that's great. That's great. Oh, and, Lord. Anyway, we have to wrap Who up. Who have we not maligned? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. Bill, you're great. Jack, thank so, you. So I have autism. You. Thank you. Thank Billy. you. That's why I keep cutting everybody off, because I have no attention span. <laughs> oh, we covered the autism. So don't kill me. <laughs> oh, and I have low T. If you did, could do a combo ID and sign off and say... Uh, Oh, it's Larry Fine. <laughs> as Larry Fine? He wants you to sign off as Larry. Okay, I got to get my glasses. My my reading glasses. These are fishbowl glasses. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, Mo, you are listening to Gilbert Gottfried's Colossal Terrific Podcast. <laughs> Why don't you say Mammy? <laughs> Thank you, Bill. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Only a couple people know. <laughs> Thank you, Jack. I love it. Thank so, you. Thank you, Gilbert. Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast. <laughs> Remember the name of his fucking show. <laughs> I appreciate and, it. I always love seeing you. You guys are great. And, and our guests, of course, were Billy West and Jackie the Joke Man Martling. Oh, yeah. One, one clean one to take <laughs> us out. Dirty. So, uh, three guys are fishing <laughs> in a lake, and one guy falls overboard. So, one of the other guys jumps off and he wants to save him, but he keeps going down and looking. For him. Finally, finally, he finds him and drags him back up and puts him in the boat and starts giving him mouth to mouth resuscitation. <laughs> and he turns to the other guy and says, You know, I don't remember Fred having such bad breath. And the other guy says, Yeah, and come to think of it, I don't remember him wearing a snowmobile outfit. <laughs> You know what? All I have is premises, Jackie. I don't have any punchlines, but, but don't you don't you ever get into somebody like, you know, there's a guy on the Lower East Side and he's got a power drill and he's drilling holes into his head to find trepidation. And then you, you're supposed to 
finish it. A guy goes to the library. She's a librarian. He's just a librarian. I need a book on suicide. She says, fuck you. You won't bring it back. Thanks, thank you. We love thanks, you, Gilbert. Gilbert. Thank you, Big Frank friend. Gilbert, Jackie. I love you guys. I love you, Bill. Thank Billy, you, I love you. you know. Thank you so much. This is a great one. Thank you. Oh. When are you coming out, Jack? Soon, soon. Oh, I, can't I owe you. Oh, I can't breathe. Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast is produced by Dara Gottfried and Frank Santapadre with audio production by Frank Verderosa. Web and social media is handled by Mike McPadden, Greg Pear, and John Bradley Seals. Special audio contributions by John Beach. Special thanks to John Fodiatis, John Murray, and Paul Rayburn. 